You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health Podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. I'm Melissa Sims, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you for joining me as we explore ways to increase mindfulness in our day-to-day experiences through weekly topics, expert interviews, and guided mindfulness meditations. Mindfulness is presence. It's awareness. It's paying attention to what is happening within us and around us. Mindfulness increases our emotional, physical, and mental well-being. It can also enhance our focus and productivity. Perhaps most importantly, in today's uncertain world, mindfulness strengthens our ability to be more compassionate toward ourselves as well as others. Before we get started, I want to let you know that for the next two months, A Mindful Moment is conducting a listener survey to help us get to know you, your interests, and what you think of the show. As our way of saying thank you, you can enter to win a $500 Amazon gift card at the end of the survey. Your feedback will help us improve A Mindful Moment and find new sponsors who actually interest you. Please support the podcast by taking our short questionnaire at surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave. There's even space at the end of the survey to tell us anything you want. Again, that's surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave, or click on the link in our episode notes. Thank you so much. I know we all learned at some point that words matter. Your words definitely have power from the word itself to the way it is used in a sentence or said out loud, can have enormous consequences. So why don't we choose our words more mindfully? It's not that easy. When I first started practicing mindfulness, my life kind of turned more stressful, to be honest. I went from being kind of mindless about things to now thinking about every single thing I was doing. Before, I could just go through my day and not think too much about what I was doing, who I was affecting, or how my actions were impacting my own health. Wait, I thought mindfulness was supposed to bring me peace, right? Once I began to understand that I wasn't operating in the present moment, it began to feel burdensome to flex that mindfulness muscle. Like, ugh, can't I just not think about it? But no, once you understand the concept of mindfulness, it isn't really a switch you can turn off. For example, I am an excellent driver. Well, maybe not according to my husband, but I have only recently been in one fender bender, and it was quite minor. No tickets, nothing. Now, that sounds like a pretty good driver, right? Especially considering that I grew up in L.A., driving on the 101 or the 405 daily. Well, I also used to talk to myself while driving, calling this guy a moron, yelling at this woman to use her blinker, 
and asking the person in front of me if they wanted an engraved invitation to just go. I never really thought twice about how I behaved in my car. I was alone, so who cared? Typically, I would arrive to my destination and sigh a big dramatic, ugh, traffic was terrible, or you wouldn't believe how many idiots were on the road. Acting this way wasn't helping my internal state, and it wasn't very mindful. I was adding to the stress by talking about the stress so dramatically. Why am I using this as an example? Because now I may still have those thoughts or feelings of irritation come up. And my habitual reactions are still there. But I catch myself now. I may start to say something, but then stop and tell myself I am not being mindful. How do I know why the person is driving so slow? Maybe her blinker is broken. And why do I really care? Is their behavior really going to affect me that much? Eh, Probably not. So instead of working myself up, I let it go. It just isn't worth it. Do you notice how I said working myself up instead of them getting me worked up? That's because they aren't getting me worked up. I am. They have zero control over whether I get worked up or not. That is my choice, not theirs. When I was first married, I'm sure like most couples, we had arguments over the smallest things. Arguments that would turn into something absolutely, mind-blowingly out of proportion to the issue that started the whole fiasco in the first place. Sound familiar? (laughs) I attributed it to my being so much younger than my husband and our age gap causing issues. Or I would blame it all on him. He was so misunderstanding, blah, blah, blah. We would fight over things like dishes, laundry, changing diapers. The list just goes on. I can tell you without a doubt that I was to blame for the arguments. Little secret here, so was he. As time went by, the arguments were less frequent, but they were definitely biggies. Now, I am not here to tell you that I am smarter than my husband or that I am a better person. Not at all. I just have a different perspective now and approach when it comes to communication. The main reason for this is being mindful of my words. If I am able to mitigate and minimize an argument, even at the cost of being wrong, then I'm going to do it. Because peace of mind, at least for me, is so much more important than being right. And I no longer hold on to the need to prove myself. I learned after 20 years of being together that certain words trigger him, just as they do me. We did a meditation earlier this week on mindfulness of words, which is really just visualizing a word in your mind and holding it there to see your body's reaction to it. Now, in trauma-specific situations, you may not want to do that exercise without a professional. But words, even though they are technically a smaller way to communicate over, say, body language and tone, the words can hold so many meanings and emotions. They can definitely be used as weapons. And if our intent is not to harm another person physically, then we should not be using words to harm another emotionally. 
it can have the same mental effect. There are a few words which I have pretty much tried to remove from my verbal vocabulary, mainly because they are very triggering for me. And if they are triggering for me, chances are someone else is triggered too. So let's talk about a few of these words. Never. The word never holds so much negative connotation. You never listen to me. You never do anything around the house. You never think you're wrong. This word holds such finality, and it leaves no room for anything else. Should is another one of those words that we talk about a lot in our workshops. I could very well tell you right now that you should never use the word should, but then I would be a hypocrite, right? When we use should, it is really telling the other person or people that we know better than they do. You should really stop eating so much sugar. Or you should find a different job. Think about when someone uses that word towards you. Does your body tense up or do you feel a bit defensive? That's likely because you feel like the other person is being condescending or talking to you as if you don't know as much as they do. Always is another word very similar to never that holds a lot of weight with it. You always nag at me. I am always cleaning up after you. You don't always have to be so rude. Is the person really always doing that? Probably not. So why would we say that? So what words can we choose to use over some of these? A few suggestions could be sometimes, could, willing, etc. So for example, would you be willing to consider my side of the situation instead of, you never listen to me, or you could try to find another job instead of, you should find a new job. Most of us do not like being told what to do. So in all communication, when both parties feel like they have a choice and that they have some sort of control over their own outcome, the tone changes dramatically. In reality, we truly only have control over ourselves, really and truly. We can suggest, we can wish, And we can certainly hope that another person will act a certain way. But the focus is on us. Why do we feel the need to be right? Why do we have to prove any of it? That's the ego rearing its ugly head. Think about the last argument you had. Did you get in the last word just to stick it to the other person? Was it effective? Did you walk away feeling like, yes, I got him? Or did you walk away thinking, I probably shouldn't have said that? What I have learned is that the more I get into discussions with my spouse or even my kids or others, if I just pause, consider my words I am about to use in response, and then realize that what my ego wants is entirely different from what is effective in the moment, I can respond instead of react. That is our biggest problem, I think. It's that we allow our emotions and words to get caught up in the moment 
with no forethought of what may happen when we open our mouths, this mouth included. Mindfulness, as I said before, has changed my life. Most of the time, my ego stays in the basement, but it does occasionally come up, and when it does, I immediately feel the difference. I am not perfect at mindful communication, and I am not perfect at being a mom, a wife, or even a friend. But I can also forgive myself. I know that I am only human and that we are all here having a human experience. If we can consider our words and the way they affect us, we can begin to understand how our words affect others. Consider paying attention to the words you use this week and ask yourself if they're accomplishing what you intended. One more time, please support the podcast by taking the short listener survey at surveymonkey.com forward slash r forward slash airwave or click on the link in the episode notes. We really want to hear from you and thank you in advance. Don't forget, you can enter to win a $500 Amazon gift card at the end of the survey. Until next time, I encourage you to meditate daily and be mindful in all of your everyday activities. Simply bring your full awareness to the present moment to build your mindfulness skills. Paying attention to every detail of what you're doing, from washing dishes, to work tasks, to taking a walk. Your mind will wander, and that's normal. Each time you notice it has wandered, that's mindfulness. Consider how wonderful the world could be if everyone was mindful. You can help make that happen. It all starts with a mindful moment. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other great shows like the Daily Meditation Podcast, Everything Everywhere, and Movie Therapy. We deeply appreciate your support at patreon.com slash a mindful moment. Our podcast is now available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to follow us there and on Instagram at a mindful moment podcast. Visit our website, amindfulmoment.com, to access podcasts, scripts, and book recommendations. A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee and or Melissa Sims. The Spanish version is translated and hosted by Paola Tayo. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch. Media Right Productions. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions.